for 30 plus years. I've seen every type of child grow up. Instead of giving me what I wanted, she gave me what I needed, which was truth. Don't let emotions win. Let truth win. Do your very best, and you should have a lot of fun while you do it. And the better you get at something, the more fun you're going to have at something. You moms and dads are wired with everything you need to be a parent to a great kid. Welcome to Parenting Great Kids. This is episode number 114, and I'm your host, Dr. Meg Meeker. Today, I'm going to be continuing a conversation that I had last time with guest Ron Deal. Ron is a best-selling author, a licensed marriage and family therapist, a podcaster, and a popular conference speaker. He specializes in both marriage enrichment and step family education. Ron is a leading national expert and is the most widely read and viewed author on blended families in the country. He serves as president of Smart Step Families and director of Family Life Blended, a division of Family Life. Ron has extensive experience with television, radio, and online media, having been interviewed on dozens of national and international broadcasts, including Fox News, ABC Nightline, WGN-TV News, Family Life Today, and many more. He and his wife, Nan, have been married since 1986 and have three boys. Their middle son, Connor, died unexpectedly in February of 2009 at the age of 12. In his memory, the deals have partnered with Touch a Life Foundation to rescue and rehabilitate children in Ghana, West Africa from trafficking and child exploitation. You can learn more at touchalifekids.com. As always, I'll share my points to ponder for you to start using right away. And please remember, don't just download the episodes, click that subscribe button, because we need you to join my parenting revolution. Every new episode will automatically show up in your subscribed list. We'd love for you to write us a review on iTunes. We're on iTunes, but the PGK podcast is also available in the Google Play Store and on Stitcher. So no matter where you get your podcast, subscribe today so you won't miss a single episode. Parents, do you wring your hands over when you should give your child his first phone? Should it be age 9 so they can call you, age 14 so they don't get into trouble? Or should your child have no phone at all? Or if you have given your child a cell phone, how do you know your child's not going to get into trouble? Well, I've been fielding these questions for years from parents, and I've been very frustrated because honestly, until now, I've never had a good answer. I want to tell you, friends, you need to check out a brand new phone called the Gab phone, G-A-B-B. The Gab phone looks like an iPhone. It's cool and sleek. Kids can text. They can talk. They can use GPS and a whole lot more. A lot of bells and whistles. They can take photographs. The most important feature, however, of the Gab phone is that kids cannot access the internet and they can't download apps. Many parents say, well, if I use these parental controls or this parental control, but let's face it, kids get around those controls. The only way you can keep your daughter safe from predators is to keep them offline and your sons from being preyed upon by those trying to sell them pornography 
and many other things is to keep your kids offline. Gab is not only a fabulous phone, for every phone sold, they donate $10 to defend innocence. Better yet, if you want a discount of $10 off, go to gabwireless.com, enter my name, Meg Meeker, and you can get $10 off this phone. You have to try out this new phone at Gab Wireless. I promise you will sleep better every night. So parents, thanks for listening. This is episode number 114. Stay with us. I want you now to listen in on a conversation I had with Ron Deal. I know you're going to enjoy it. Let's throw a monkey wrench in an already tough situation. Now you've got dad, who's the bio dad living in another home, and mm-hmm. you've got stepdad and mom living at home. Mom and dad, um, this is a scenario I see a lot. Mom and stepdad believe that, um, you know, kids should have curfews and, um, you know, boyfriends and girlfriends don't live in the home. And mm-hmm. But then the kids go over to bio dads and yeah. they don't have to go to bed till one in the morning and dad's got to live in girlfriend. Um, and, and mom and stepdad don't believe in that. Help those parents get on the same page or can they? Okay, so let's let's just acknowledge that death or divorce followed by a marriage that forms a blended family means you have less parental power as one single parent than if you were in a unified family situation. Mm -hmm. There's no way we can ever recover what has been lost in that sense. What we can do is find as many ways as possible to cooperate between households, to try to come to similar similar expectations for the children. But somebody right now is laughing their head off because they just heard that and they said, you have no idea what we have to deal with in the other home. Yeah. And there's no way that's ever going to happen. I get it, right? And, I, yeah. And in, in those situations, okay, you tried, you manage your home, you teach, you talk, you build character. You have morals and values that you're trying to instill in your children. You live up to those and you manage your home, knowing full well that when they go to the other home, they're going to stay up late. They're not going to get enough sleep. They're not going to get the math homework done. And it is going to ripple conflict and some stress back into your life. Mm -hmm. It comes with the territory, but you just manage your home as best you can. Always leaving open the possibility that God may do another miracle in that other parent's life, and uh, someday they may come to see the light and want to know, yeah, what time should bedtime be? <laughs> and, and yeah. Miracles. All right, you pray that for happened. that. Mm-hmm. Um, but honestly, it is a stressful situation when that happens. I, I've often compared, you know, the goal of co-parenting is to try to cooperate regarding the other home as best you can because you want to make it easy for children to move between homes so they're not caught in the middle of some war that's going on between the adults. If 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 you're Canada and the other home's the US, hey, it's all good. We yeah. like each other. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, we, we do have a different money system. Mm-hmm. Yes. We do have a different government, a different health insurance, right? Mm-hmm. All that, but we love each other. We like each other. We get along. You can cross the border pretty easily. It's all good. But if the other home is North Korea, and you're the U.S., mm-hmm. you got a whole lot of politicking going on, a whole lot of agendas being worked. It is far more difficult for the children to actually show up in either of those places and feel loved and feel safe and not feel like they've got a report on the other country. And, 
it is what it is. Like you do what you can, what's within your power. Mm-hmm. To love well, to manage well, to be consistent to your rules and guidelines. What happens when Susie's 13, mom and stepdad have a you know fairly strict home? She's not too keen on stepdad and says, I'm going to go live at dad's because he's a lot nicer. He doesn't have rules. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you let her go? Or, or, or Let's play that out. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So if, if I'm mom in that situation, the first thing I want to do is dial back my panic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because everything inside you just went, no, that can't happen. I don't want you to go. Why would you want to leave? That makes me Mm -hmm. feel so horrible. And you turn all that down and you don't let that get the best of you. You take a deep breath and you go, so tell me, what is it that you're needing? What's, What's happening that's making you feel like you need to do that? And you go right back to the child and you try to listen and hear and understand. And maybe it's just because dad has cool video games. It might just be that. But maybe it could be that she deeply doesn't feel safe or loved for whatever reason. And you do have something that you really need to address. Like, mm-hmm. so you got to listen first. Um, I will say this, and I've written an article about parenting, uh, step parenting and parenting teenagers. I, I do think for some children, there is this natural longing to want to spend a little more time with their other biological parent that is a legitimate need. Mm-hmm. I do think that is something that if you talk and listen and explore and it's there's nothing manipulative going on here. This is not a child just trying to get the best of you or put one over on anybody. They just have an authentic need to spend more time with dad. Mm-hmm. I think you might have to accommodate that for a mm-hmm. season of their life. Now, if there's some sort of agenda or manipulation or, well, no, I, I don't think you just give in to that. I think you address what's the problem. You address what um, we, we want you here. We want to keep custody the way it is. We want to pursue that. Um, so let's try to address what's happening so that the need to move to another home goes away. Spoken like a true psychologist. I love it. <laughs> Clear, concise, get to the bottom of the problem. Because, I, you know, I mean, I, these are things that I, that I see all the time. And, yes. you know, it's often I can't stand my stepdad. Mm-hmm. Um, he's mean to me. I don't get to spend any time with mom anymore. Um, Dad's house is just it's just him and me when I'm there. So I'm leaving. And, you, you know, you kind of end up going like that. Let's back way up. And mom and stepdad or dad and stepmom have not gotten married and each have kids and they're, you know, 10 to 15 years old, 8 to 15 years old. Um, How long should they date before they get married? And should the kids have a say in the marriage? We've got a whole series of books <laughs> uh, that we call the Smart Step Family Series. This latest one, Building Love Together and Blended Families, is just one of those. But I did write a book called Dating and the Single Parent that mm-hmm. speaks to the journey of how you date well, how you include the kids, what level of involvement, what are the things you're looking for in children, in the potential of marrying a step parent for your kids, all of that wrapped into that discussion. And one of the things I talk about in that book is, no, kids do not tell you whether you marry or whether you don't marry, but foolish is the parent who ignores what's going on with their kid. They Understanding your child and what they're feeling and experiencing should influence the pace at which you're moved through dating towards marriage. It might influence the wedding date. It might influence timing. Mm. Uh, 
So listen. So bring them along. Here's the big mistake, Meg. People think marriage to create a blended family is just about the couple. It's not. Well, the, the couple are in love. It's like they're, you know, it's, we know what that's all like. Um, and so that kind of pro- propels them forward. And just as an aside, I hear this. It's one of my pet peeves. You hear it from Hollywood all the time. Um, well, I'm putting the kids first. You know, I'm, I'm getting divorced. My husband and I get along really well. And we're doing the best thing for our kids. So we're this. Mm-hmm. And they're not even thinking about their kids. And I think this kind of comes out of the sense of the euphoria they may have about the divorce. I mean, not, not that you're euphoric, but maybe they're in love with another person and they're living really kind of in la-la land. Yeah. So what does doing the best thing for your kids really look like in a divorce and then dating situation. And you're, you're okay. kind of talking about that. but Yeah, yeah. So it's it's considering the children as you move through the dating process. So for example, in the book, we talk about green lights, yellow lights, you know, you slow down at caution, fla- flashing yellow lights, you, you take a good look around before you decide to proceed. And then red lights, you stop. And let me tell you one of the red lights that, that I really believe should stop a potential marriage to form a blended family is if you see the parenting of the person you're dating and they're a lousy parent, Don't, that's a red light. Yeah, yeah. A, they're going to be that parent to your kids. B, you're going to have to live with their children who have not had any parenting and not had any boundaries. And you're going to have to live with the chaos they bring to your life because mm-hmm. of that. You're not going to be able to fix it. it, it you know, C, there will be financial implications of, uh, I mean, it's on and on it goes. That is something you need to seriously stop and take a look at. In other words, getting married and forming a step family is not just about marrying a person. It's about marrying a family. And if you can't live with the package, don't marry the package. If you can't, here's another red light people overlook the person you're dating, their former spouse. If if they have the ex spouse from hell, you're going to marry yourself to the ex spouse from hell. (laughs) Hell Yeah, exactly. And so whatever chaos they live and bring into the world is going to be yours. It doesn't mean you stop, but don't be ignorant. Don't marry into that system, assuming that that won't touch you. It will touch you and your children and everything that you're about. If you're okay with that, great. Go with with God. Mm -hmm. But don't be naive to the process. So, you know, dating well with kids could look like this. Um, Hey, kids, um, I'm thinking about dating again. What do you guys think about that? I don't know, Dad, that sounds like a bad idea to me. Hey, Dad, sounds like a wonderful idea. Why would you want to do that? Well, you got somebody in mind? I don't know. I'm just beginning to ponder this. This is what I call the if conversation, right? Mm-hmm. The what if conversation. And it starts with what if I dated? And then someday it moves to what if I dated her? Mm-hmm. What if you think about if I dated this person? You met her the other day at that thing. And what do you think about that? You're not asking your kids permission. What you're doing is doing two things. Number one, you're planting a seed. This might happen you might want to start getting used to the idea of this happening. But number two, very importantly, you're listening. You're giving them an opportunity to have a voice. At the end of the day, children who feel like they've had a part in their parents' dating, decisions about marriage, the timing of the marriage, are children who are far more likely to embrace the step-parent coming into their life than children who felt like they had no consideration, they were given no opportunity, and had no voice. Mm -hmm. If this is just dad running off and leaving us for this other woman, then we're not going to like the other woman. Mm -hmm. But if this is an us that's marrying the woman, 
Now we now that's got a real shot at being a fabulous blended family home. Mm-hmm. So include them at those little seasons. What if I dated her again? You know what? We've been dating a while now. What if we got engaged? Mm-hmm. Well, that would be really real, wouldn't it? What? How would you kids, kids feel about that? What would change for you? What are your concerns? What are you open to? What do you like about her? What do you like? You know, what what, what doesn't feel so hot about that? And and be ready for a roller coaster of emotions from children. They will be in and out, hot, cold. They'll be up. They'll be down. It's okay. That comes with the territory. You kind of move through it in conversation with your children. And, and again, get what you're doing, Meg. You're moving toward the heart of your children, even as you're moving towards the heart of another adult. If you do both of those things well, you preserve your relationship as a parent with your kids and they feel dad is still here. He still loves us. We're not losing dad. Mm-hmm. She's we're adding somebody. That's totally different than we're losing dad to this other woman. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just a very wise way to move through the dating. Scene. That's just one of the ideas that I think makes a world of difference for people. If she's not good to your children or doesn't seem or clearly favors her kids over yours um, and, and has this sort of animosity between, you know, herself and your kids, do you marry her and hope things change or do you no, not? No, that, that, that's a ye- yellow caution flashing mm-hmm. light yeah. and you slow down. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't mean you stop. It doesn't mean you give up. It doesn't, I mean, that's, of course, that decision's up to you ultimately, but it, it at least means slow down. So in other words, keep dating, but don't necessarily move toward marriage. Um, if you're engaged, you might just push pause on a wedding, right? It, you know, the point is give it more time to see if this can be worked through. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we run into little uh, hiccups like that and you go, is this a big thing or a little thing? Well, if we can talk it through, let's address it. Let's see if we can change some stuff. You know what? We did. We've all grown through this experience. Let's keep moving on. That's Now it's a green light. Mm-hmm. But if you go into that little season of let's address this. Mm-hmm. I see some tension between you and my kids. What's that about? Well, I don't know. They just don't. And you know, can, can we try to work on that? Nope. I don't care to work on that. They're just going to have to behave or that's it. Well, okay. That yellow light just turned red, I mm-hmm. think. Um, having the courage to say we're not just becoming a couple. We're trying to become a family. And the familiness factors have to be included in your decision about a marriage. And that means putting your infatuation and your romantic passion aside because, you know, if you're really going to do what's right for your kids, you have to be level-headed and almost cold about it. Parents, I hope you're enjoying this conversation with Ron. We need to take a quick break, but don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with more of my conversation with Ron Deal. Dad and mom are married. Dad has an affair breaks up the marriage, dad goes to marry the lady he had an affair with and brings the kids. How are the kids supposed to handle that? Yeah. Um, first of all, it depends on their age, you know, but mm-hmm. I'm assuming they're old enough to know what's yeah, happened. Yeah, yeah, I've yeah. run into that many, many times in a, in a clinical setting, especially a teenager who dad broke apart our family, dad had this affair, and now you want me to embrace her and love her as my stepmother. I don't think so. You know, that to embrace her would be to spit in my mother's eye. To to say to do that would be to say that it was okay what you did. It's going to be a tough road. 
that's going to be a tough road. And what needs to happen in that situation, if they're already married and they're listening right now, is dad needs to reconcile with his child. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's, it's a one-on-one far before we're even hoping to move the stepmother or step-siblings into that child's life. We just got to go back to dad and that child. Mm-hmm. Dad needs to own it, <laughs> repent, you know, confess, and I'm sorry. And he needs to try to reconcile with his child. Mm-hmm. Then and only then, maybe, mm-hmm. can we think about that kid warming up to the family. The difficulty there, what I see, is that the parent who had the affair believes that this person was better for them. They have the right to be happy. They didn't make a mistake. Their bad marriage prompted him to move to this other woman. And so why should he have to apologize? Because he really didn't do anything wrong. But, yeah. in, the, but in the kid's eyes, he's like, you know, I, I'm not going to like a woman who pushed my mom away from you. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I mean, there's there's no clean answer to that equation. Like, if, if we're if <laughs> we're on, hoping, Ron. yeah, I mean, yeah. It, it, you know, and I realize yeah. you're asking what people would ask. How do I get my child to be okay with all this happened? Uh, I got nothing for you. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. At the end of the day, you admitting fault yeah. and apologizing and repenting and changing as much as you can and owning who you were then and mm-hmm. what it cost your child and your family, mm-hmm. then and only then might you be forgiven. That's, mm-hmm. you know, then that could lead to a reconciliation of your relationship and then we'll see how it shakes down. Mm-hmm. Um, if the biological mother at that point, and this is the bio mom who was left in yeah. the marriage, yeah. you know, if she too has grace and is able to offer some forgiveness towards her ex-husband, that's going to help the children out. But that's not her obligation to fix it for him. <laughs> I, was gonna say, I, I don't, I don't yeah. want to be her perceived as that. Mm-hmm. No, he is responsible for who he was and how he handles it. It's tough. It's tough stuff because I just I, I've seen this over and over, and mm-hmm. I'm just not as nice as you, Ron. Yeah. <laughs> say, get him out of there. Mm-hmm. Um, well, again, when they're dating, you can do that. Yeah, you can do that. Yeah. But once they're married, then, you know, there has been a, yet another commitment. And and really what we're saying here is sometimes people really get themselves into a fix. Oh, yeah. And they put their kids into even Back in the middle. more complex, difficult, hard places. Mm-hmm. Reconciling the hearts of adults to their children is always the first place for that repair to begin and it just requires some humility on the part of the parent to own their mistakes, mm-hmm. to apologize, repent, begin to make some changes. Um, whether people have a faith, a Christian faith, or whether they don't, the reality is a lot of older couples, even with kids, will live together. Mm-hmm. And um, to me, you know, this is a bad sign because it, it, it just confuses the daylights out of the kids. Um, a, it says, you know, why get married? And B, one of the issues, a separate issue, but kind of the same, is that the kids will draw very close to the um, future step parent. Mm-hmm. And then the parents break, and then they break up. And then, you know, what's the child to do then? So A, I guess my question is, are there any benefits to parents living together to see if all the kids are going to get together? And then B, how do you handle it 
when a child has grown close to a boyfriend girlfriend and then that person's gone do you allow them to continue to see that person well okay so let's take the first one clarity is always better than ambiguity in my mind clarity is we're not married we are married that's clarity we're we are approaching becoming a family we are learning to like each other and some of us are beginning to fall in love with step siblings and all kinds of good stuff. And we've got some good memories being built during these dating during this dating season, but we're not a family yet. And now we are Mm -hmm. that clarity is so important for adults and for children in terms of commitment and knowing, see, let me backtrack a second on the day that a couple gets married, they've defined for themselves as a couple, Clarity. We are husband and wife till death do us part. But there is ambiguity in how the step family people are going to get along and how are they going to relate. So a child says, I got a dad and a mom. They live in separate homes. And now I have a stepmom. And I know where my mom fits in my heart, but I don't know where my stepmom fits in my heart. I'm still working that out. So there's already ambiguity. Mm-hmm. And the whole point of blending, if I can say it that way, integrating is another word as a family, is we're creating our family identity. We're figuring out who we are and how we fit and how we get along and in what ways I put you in my heart. And well, there's other ways that I don't put you in there really deeply. And and that's the process of becoming a family. That takes years for the average step family to accomplish. To add more ambiguity, we're not married. You're, are you guys together? Are we not? What happens if you decide to step out? What, like to add more ambiguity to that picture just complicates the process even further. Mm-hmm. Do yourself and your children a favor. <laughs> Seek clarity. Uh, cohabiting step families just. I think make it even more challenging for people to go. I, I can't tell you how many kids I've had sit in my counseling office and go, I don't know whether I want to love her or not. I don't know if she's going to be around very long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why bond? Yeah. Good question. 13 year old. That makes sense to me too. Right. Right. Parents don't do that to your kids. Don't do that no. to yourself. It mm-hmm. just does help the process. I have never seen anything but pain in the eyes of children, the hearts of children who are in that situation. And that's really why I brought it up because, you know, the the parents may say, well, we want to see if this is all going to work out. We want to see if the kids get along. But what happens in the kids' eyes is incredible instability, emotional confusion. um, and, and, And they feel like their life is chaos and and mm-hmm. they they really can't handle that and one of the things i try to help parents understand is what their kids can and can't handle and yes. and I, kids can't handle that kind of a situation um we only have a few minutes left i have so many questions i'm like okay which one uh, <laughs> how do you get step siblings and siblings to get along we got a whole chapter on that in building love together and blended families. Uh-huh. A whole chapter, um, and you know what? Here's what you here, here's the bottom line: you can't make them love each other. You can't make a stepchild love you. They can't make you love them. Like nobody demands love of anybody in this world, and automatically gets it. What you can do as an as a parent step parent combination working together is create a climate where it's more likely that the step siblings will develop a friendship that turns into family. Mm -hmm. Um, And so how do you do that? Well, you know, good parenting is one of them, right? Just creating a climate where, hey, we don't treat each other like that. Come on, you you know, knock it off. And that's something you do between your biological children, but that's also something you insist on your child act that way towards their 
step-sibling, your stepchild. Like the, the message is the same, kindness, <laughs> generosity, uh, decency. You don't go into one another's room without knocking on the door. Uh, you know, the, the, just the basics of life that create a climate where we can like each other and we don't become enemies. The other thing is we encourage children to root for all the other kids, you know, during their school thing or their football game or their, we go and we cheer for like those messages say, Hey, we're family. Mm -hmm. We look out for each other, Mm -hmm. you know, having fun together, creating a climate where you play games, you go camping, all those kind of memory building tradition building opportunities that creates climate Mm -hmm where kids begin to go, yeah, I get to know this person. We have some things in common. There's some things we don't have in common. Hey, bio siblings, I'm sure you've dealt with this a lot on your approach. They, don't, they have stuff where they fight and they don't get along, yeah. and it, right? But they love each other deeply yeah. at the end of the day. And mm-hmm. it, so you foster the climate and add time. And more often than not, more often than not, uh, there's something positive there, unless there's some mitigating factors that are just getting in the way of the, of the siblings creating a relationship. And one of those factors, by the way, is, well, I already said at time, imagine a family who gets married and they've got a 17-year-old and a 15-year-old and 13 and 10. Well, the 10, 13, 15 actually have some time. The 17-year-old's about to graduate from high school, they're off, <laughs> they're gone. They're not thinking about investing at home. They're thinking about their life coming forward. So that child just has less time. Um, you, you know, you, <laughs> I'm famous for saying, how do you cook a step family? And it's not in a blender. It's in a crock pot. Yeah. And if, if one ingredient yeah. hops out of the crock pot, they'd stop cooking. Yeah. Right. It, it just is what it is. They're growing up. That's, mm-hmm. a, a, that's actually a good thing for them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But the other three ingredients have more time and more investment, and they probably will have a deeper connection. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. We there if there's a stepmother, a stepfather out there, sort of hanging on, um, you know, by a string, and their family thinking, you know, I really want this to work. Um, my my husband isn't getting along with my kids. I'm not getting along with his kids. We've been married uh, for a year or two. What are the most sage two or three pieces of advice that you would tell that person? Okay. So number one is get smart about step family living. That's why these books are called the smart step family series. Uh, go to familylife.com slash blended familylife.com slash blended. Make, we, we have more, we've produced more material in our ministry over the last year and a half mm-hmm. than the entire Christian community did for the first 20 years. I did this mm-hmm. books, podcast, family life, blended podcast, uh, articles, it's all there. Like yeah. just sign up, read, digest, soak that stuff in. There's small group curriculum for churches that want to do that. You can v- watch videos online. It, the point is, as you get wise about, oh, that's what it is. Honey, come here. It's not that my kid's rejecting you. They just don't quite know where to put you yet. Mm-hmm. They're just holding on to their father. This is how you can approach them at this point. All of a sudden you go from, uh, you know, I'm out of ideas to now I understand and I got perspective and now I got new ideas. We find this works over and over and over and over again. It really does make a difference in people's lives. Mm-hmm. Well, it makes sense. I mean, it makes sense. This is a tough topic, a very complex topic. I'm so glad that you wrote 
uh, a book on it and you've done so much work in it because it's so important. It's important for the married couple. It's important for the kids. Um, so I just thank you so much for doing it. If people want to learn more about you, Ron, or your books or any of the work that you've done, how can they find you? Where should they go? So I'll give you two websites, um, rondeal.org. So R-O-N-D-E-A-L.org is my personal webpage. And that's a portal that will get people to everything that we produce, no matter who it's with. I also work with Family Life. And so they can go to familylife.com uh, and find us there, some, some resources. But rondeal.org is a portal you'll find, like I said, video, uh, audio, uh, articles, books, resources, curriculum, uh, anything you're looking for, you'll be able to find it from there. Awesome. Well, my, my guest is Ron Deal. The book is Building Love Together in Blended Families, The Five Love Languages and Becoming Step Family Smart, co-authored with um, Gary Chapman. Ron, this has been fabulous. I have learned so much. I'm not a step parent, but I've learned so much. I really appreciate it. Thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me. Points to ponder. One, move slowly. You know, one of the biggest mistakes step parents make when blending families is disciplining their stepchildren. This never works because the stepkids have no respect or affection for the step parent. That means that the biologic parent must be the disciplinarian or any other authority in the children's lives in the first several years. When a step-parent moves too quickly into the stepchildren's lives and treats them as though he has known them for a long time and has the right to expect certain behaviors from them, he alienates the child. This can feel devastating because the stepchild begins a relationship feeling disengaged and distant. Two, be patient. We're not good at being patient, but if you want a good relationship of mutual love and respect with your stepchild, you must give the child time to warm up to you. Most kids don't want to feel that you're trying in any way to become their biological mom or dad or to replace that biological parent, even if the biologic parent is deceased. Ron Deal writes that it takes five to seven years for a solid relationship to build. So roll up your sleeves, take a big deep breath, and be ready to behave very differently with your stepchildren as you do with your biologic kids. Three, figure out what your stepchild's love language is. Does she respond to physical touch, acts of service, words of affirmation, quality of time, or receiving gifts? Once you find it, do your best to utilize these to help her see that you love her. It's also helpful to find your own love language and see that it's different from hers. You may have to work harder at using her love language because it may feel foreign to you. Parents, today I'm not going to be answering any social questions. The reason for this is I'm spending a lot of time answering questions in my PGK Facebook page and in my closed Meeker Parenting community. So if you want more dialogue, you want to ask a question and get it answered, listen to my webinar and it will show you how to join the Meeker Parenting community. I want to thank my guest, Ron Deal, for joining me on the show today. To find out more about Ron, you can go to smartstepfamilies.com. That's smartstepfamilies.com. You can also follow him on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just search for Ron L. Deal, 
in your internet browser. So now let's recap my points to ponder. One, move slowly. Two, be patient. Three, figure out what your stepchild's love language is. And before I sign off, parents, I need to remind you, go to my website, meekerparenting.com, and check out my brand new free webinar on discipline. Whether you're a grandparent, a single parent, a married parent, a young parent, or an old parent, you know that discipline can be really hard. Discipline doesn't have to be about being mean or too strict. Discipline is very different from that. So go there and take a peek at my brand new free webinar. So until next time, parents, always remember that great kids are raised, not born. Hey, this is Bobby, producer of Meg Meeker's Parenting Great Kids podcast. Thanks for listening. And because of your dedication to raising great kids, Dr. Meg's Parenting Revolution has grown to over 3 million downloads. Head on over to Facebook and Twitter and follow at Meg Meeker MD and check out what's new at MegMeeker.com. And while you're there, sign up for the newsletter to stay updated and get information about giveaways. Don't forget to share the podcast with other parents. Subscribe so you won't miss anything and leave us a review so we know how we're doing.